It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. New rules are coming regarding NIL. How does this impact the Auburn Tigers? Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. New NIL rules are coming. We talk about that as well as Auburn baseball series this weekend. And joining me today to take you on this journey, it is Lindsey Crosby, the Auburn banker himself. Happy Mother's Day to all who are listening. A lot of uh, Auburn moms out there. We appreciate your ears. But Lindsay, first things first, let's jump into this NIL conversation. So I think we need to set the stage because there's been a lot of assumptions and I think a lot of people have been covering NIL incorrectly. People are screaming, tampering, tampering, tampering. It's happening all over the place. And I do not believe that that is happening. Here's why. Because the folks that are reaching out and making these NIL deals for folks that are not currently on the roster, that is allowed. That is an okay thing to do. It's coming from these collectives that are not affiliated with the school. Tampering is when somebody affiliated with a team or university is reaching out and having contact with a member of another team. I do not believe that's happening. These collectives are doing that, and these boosters are doing that, and that's what's happening throughout all of college football. That's ticking people off. It's ruffling some feathers. Doesn't matter what your opinion is on it one way or the other. There are powers that be that are trying to change this. Commissioner Sankey, as well as the Pac-12 commissioner, they are going to the government, to uh, to, to Congress, and, and talking about new legislation that could possibly change all of this. But, Lindsay, you've seen this firsthand, as have I. I think the way Auburn has handled NIL up to this point is extremely clean. And I think long-term, that could help the Tigers. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to NIL, Auburn Athletics, like you alluded to, like I've, for my podcast, I've talked to Auburn Athletics about getting different baseball players who are draft eligible on. And like they've been very explicit about anything. Like they had a question about something that I talked to a player about. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, that was an NIL deal we had the player on. They're like, oh, never mind then. I'm not even going to ask the question because right. we don't like we can't have anything at all to do with NIL. And a lot of the reporting you see, and Matt Brown from Extra Points, it's a great job of this. Okay. A lot of the reporting you see is about universities and specifically um, the the coaches and the coaching staff and somebody within the staff and the NIL groups working very closely together on a coordinated strategy. But Auburn has very much stuck to the spirit of the rule and kept everything separate. And I think that's going to pay off once this new wave of, uh, of attention comes into NIL. Yeah, I mean, it certainly does not seem like Auburn's collective, NIL Auburn and Auburn Boosters, it certainly does not seem like they are reaching out to players before they come to Auburn. It doesn't seem like that. Now, I say that, and I think we all remember, you know, when, when the guys from Oregon before they entered the portal, there were kind of rumblings of like, okay, you know, Auburn may be getting some kids from Oregon. 
uh, that, that entered the portal. And then once Jason Jones and DJ James entered the portal, everyone's like, oh, here they are. You know, they'll, they'll be in Auburn in a few days. And they were right. I mean, that happened. But was that NIL? I mean, w- what all went into that? Was it just guys on the team that already had relationships with those kids because they were already, you know, they're from the state of Alabama? And it's probably more of that. And so, you know, not everything that's happening right now is NIL related. And so we want to tie everything back to NIL. Um, but the transfer portal is this new beast as well. I mean, both of those things are separate. Now, they mix together a lot. I mean, and it's caused, you know, just this total upheaval in, in the sport of college football. But they are separate things. And so I think the way Auburn has handled all of this is good. I, I think it's clean, and I don't think they'll have to change the way that they're operating, which is an advantage. But I think something that's interesting in all of this, Lindsay is just, you know, the fact that these kids that are involved in this, they've already said their eligibility will not be brought up and not be questioned. So we don't have to worry about that just in case that was a factor with some of the guys that have transferred into Auburn. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be interesting to see because they're still going to, like these kids, they're going to want to make their decision based on NIL and what they could possibly receive financially, whether you agree with that or not. I'm just curious to see how they're going to find loopholes in this. So I think a big part of this conversation, you have to remember that what NIL did, and there's, there's two different sides of NIL. There's the, the up and up side, which is the, we're going to pay you to advertise our product. That's what it was intended to be. Right. And then there's the collective uh, payments to players side. Yeah. All of that second side was already happening. There was already avenues for many programs to get money to players through the use of boosters and, you know, the Fithadar handshakes and things like that. So I'm confident there's going to be a way for this to still happen, for those connections to still be made. It's just something where now it's going to have to go back to what it was. But if it turns out that the player received money and they find out about it, the player is not punished. Yeah. The booster may get in some sort of trouble for reaching out to the player who was in the portal How or do the you player do on another roster. How do you punish a booster? Yeah, like, especially when it comes to a collective. I've seen situations before where they've, they've prohibited people from being associated with the university as far as attending events and things like that, attending athletic events. But really, it's something where I think the, the NCAA is going to set a rule and they're going to say, okay, boosters can't do this. Hey, guys, we fixed the problem. Yeah. And then that's it. Right. And is even the NCAA going to do it? Or is the SEC and the Pac-12 going to do it? Or is it going to be a, legis- a form of legislation that happens? I mean, the NCAA has really sat on its hands throughout all of this. But how they define the folks that are going to be able to contact players is going to be very, very interesting. Because obviously it can't be people that are affiliated with a school or a team or university. It doesn't sound like it's going to be able to be people that are affiliated with a collective or a booster. But why can't it be a player's parent or a player or just some random fan that they decide to reach out to, you know, say, hey, can you do us a favor? So, like, there's still just so many potential holes in all of this. I don't think this is going to fix anything. It may make it more difficult, but there's going to be avenues in place that I, I, I don't think this is really going to change anything. Um, and look, I don't know if what's happening right now is that bad. 
and I try not give my opinion on this a whole lot because this, this is an Auburn specific show. And we're talking about how this pertains to Auburn, but you know, Auburn's in a good spot in all of this, but I, I just think a lot of this is an overreaction and it's just a hot market right now. And I don't think people realize what it's all worth. I mean, it is a high school kid is a four star wide receiver worth a million dollars. I'm like, I don't know the answer to that. It's not Auburn's money. If Auburn was paying a kid that. So like, the coaching staff's not going to worry about it because it's not a salary cap type situation. It's just some, you know, rich dude who wants to give money and help it be better. But I don't know if we really know if like, okay, if Auburn were to go out and get a, a kid in the portal right now or a, a hot shot recruit, it's like, this is, is the difference between what, what that guy would bring versus what's already on Auburn's roster? Like, is it a million dollars better? And the answer is probably not. It's probably not. I mean, we see this, all the time in college football, I mean, there are very few players that are significantly better than the average starter at their position throughout, you know, the rest of their conference competition. It's the scheme and it's the coaching staff and it's the supporting cast. And I, I just, I'm just not fully sold that it's that big of a deal. I think it's going to fix itself over time. Yeah. Anytime you have a brand new market, it's something where nobody really understands the correct value of this. And so you see a lot more money flow in and a lot more money flow out until people can figure out what is the true value of this thing. And perfect example of this, NFTs. Yeah. <laughs> there was, I mean, there was, a, there was a headline last week about some NFT that when it was originally minted, it sold for a couple million bucks and they put it on auction and they got like $300 for it. And it's something where brand new market, a ton of money flooded in and then the market corrected itself. And that's something that you're going to see here as well. And it'll be something where that middle class of player, that four-star, you know, he's the the he's going to be the sixth best, best receiver in the conference or the 10th best receiver in the conference. Those guys are probably going to get squeezed out. And it's going to be the top name guys that can legitimately make a difference on your team, them getting the money versus right now where it's almost everybody, or in some cases, shout out Miami, Every single player on the roster. Uh, that's right. That's right. All right. Where does Auburn stand in the grand scheme of things within the conference when it comes to these new proposed rule changes for NIL? We touch on that in just a moment. But I, I want to tell you about our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that looks and tastes like a candy bar. All Built Bars and Built Puffs are covered 100% in chocolate. Look, summer's right around the corner. A lot of you probably did some traveling this past weekend for Mother's Day. You need a snack on the go, a healthy snack, a snack that'll actually keep you full for the remainder of the drive. And Built Bar is that tasty treat for you. All Built Bars have around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. What's not to like about that? Head over to Built.com, check out all of their flavors and all their products. Once again, Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. That is at Built.com. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Lindsey Crosby. So we, we both feel like Auburn's in a good spot when it comes to NIL moving forward. It seems like Alabama's in a really good spot. It seems like Georgia's in a really good spot. 
Um, but and then obviously Texas A&M is shelling out a ton, a ton of money. But after that, I think Auburn's firmly in that second tier, where it's Auburn, LSU, and probably Florida as far as collectives that have geared up and uh, prepare to like you know make sure players are, are compensated for for being at these universities. I think as an Auburn fan, for Auburn fans listening, I think you should feel pretty good about where they're at currently. Yeah, I mean Auburn does not have the Texas A and M money cannon, <laughs> but right outside of that, Auburn's done a good job of doing common sense dollar figures, from what I've been told, that help make things easier for the players without being stupid amounts of money. Right. Uh, I think that ultimately it's probably going to have a bigger impact on some of the sports outside of football. And I mean, specifically for me, I think about baseball and I think about how you have 11.7 scholarships amongst the entire roster, how NIL has the potential to be a much bigger impact there versus football. But either way, Auburn's in a good place. Uh, Like you said, firmly in that second tier, a good network, good amounts but nothing so over the top that it's going to draw a ton of attention to it. You mentioned, without throwing out stupid money, how many players on Auburn's campus right now, we're not counting Jabari and Walker because they're gone, how many athletes on Auburn's campus right now would you say are worth stupid money? Tank, Bigsby, right? Suni Lee, obviously. Mm -hmm. Who else? It's tough. I mean, outside of that, because when I think about a guy worth stupid money or a, a guy or girl worth stupid money, yeah. I think about somebody that if you subtract them from the team, the team is significantly worse. Yeah, how and much like better said, are they, you know, I think the analytics say like stats above replacement. Like how much better are they than, you know, the like how, Tank is significantly better than the average running back. Sunni mm-hmm. Lee is significantly better than the average gymnast. Um, and I don't know how many other guys... Or gals. Sonny you would know that better than me. Yeah. Sonny Deshera, uh, probably the two big pitchers for softball. Okay. Matty Pinta and KK, like the two of them. Um, outside of that, I mean, basketball team right now, I can't think of any one of those guys right now who is on campus, who if you take them away, that team is significantly worse than if they're there, not counting Jabari and Walker, obviously. Yeah, and, and there's a chance Trey Orr and Broom do that. Like there's a chance that they do what Jabari and Walker did last year, but can you can you eat that cost beforehand? I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's something for me as a money guy. I mean, just doing this for a living, I would be hesitant to jump into that market if it was my money, yeah. simply because there's so many unknowns. Now, part of the whole like, what does what does fan mean? Like it means fanatic. You're not making rational decisions. I, if I was incredible, if, if I was rich, Zach, I would be the team Boone Pickens of this baseball team. Right. They would be naming Plainsman Park after me. Cause I'd have all those guys on like, like I'd have those guys rolling up like deep. It would be, it would be impressive. So right. like, I understand there is money involved. There's going to be large amounts of money involved because people aren't making rational decisions, but I just don't necessarily know who deserves stupid amounts of money outside of the few people we've mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of defenders like equestrian coach, Greg Williams, maybe. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, really. Good. I mean, everything, but obviously it's gotta be in a situation where people, you know, where the interest is there. And yeah. so, you know, obviously 
with gymnastics being sold out every meet, like SUNY, I think is, mm-hmm. but her money's not even coming from NIL Auburn. I don't think her money's coming from like dancing with the stars. And I'm sure she signed with, you know, an apparel deal with somebody or whatever. Like that's where yeah, she, she has national money. Yeah. She like doesn't that, have that's like, that is a different thing. And I'm sure tanks getting that some too, but like Eculiota is in an under armor ad. Like, that's not coming from Auburn people. That's coming from Under Armour. And that may well, be something where Under Armour's, you know, in bed with Auburn University. Like, that that could be something different there. And that's also the other type of NIL deal where that's, be, we're going to have him promote a product and we're yeah. going to pay him for it. That's separate from what the collectives are doing, totally. which are money to come to this school. Yeah. I mean, as far as, like, who would be a target of a ton of collective money, uh, I mean... We've covered the list. I think that's about it. Maybe Derek but, Hall. Maybe just because he led the team in sacks last year and chose to come back. Maybe Colby Wooden just because his impact is so big. But I wouldn't say they're stupid money. They should probably be the second and third most highest paid players on the team. But yeah, like Derek Hall's probably probably has himself a newer vehicle, but he probably financed it. He didn't pay for it in cash. Like that's yeah. kind of that's where I think about his deal being at, at, at those kind of figures. Right. Right. Eculiota's ad, by the way, the Under Armour ad, mm-hmm. he looked like an absolute unit in it. I I can't think of any better way to describe him but an absolute <laughs> unit. I'm, I'm curious. To get a picture to, of it now. Uh, I, I'm curious to see if every um, if Under Armour uses an Auburn football player every year because they used the video of um, Chandler Wooten like squatting last year. Um, I kind of wonder if that'll always be something, and I kind of also wonder if they do that for every. Under Armour school because most folks are not excited to be an Under Armour school right now. So I think I want to think that we're special and it's just us. Yeah. It's just us. Yeah. Maybe so. Maybe so. They need to be putting Auburn, Auburn basketball players up there too, fixing their dang shoes, but should have gotten one for Jabari before he left. I mean, that ship has sailed guys. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Let's jump into Auburn baseball. They lost, uh, what, they won one out of the three against the Arkansas Razorbacks. Where are they in position regarding hosting a regional postseason game? We get Lindsay's thoughts on that in just a moment. But first, I'm going to tell you about the best place to wager on virtually anything. Bet Online is your number one source for all betting stats and sports info. Man, there's a lot of folks that use Bet Online this weekend for the Kentucky Derby and made a ton of money out there on the ponies, but still you can find the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including the NBA playoffs, which are really, um, I believe they're kind of getting down to it, as well as Major League Baseball and uh, everything else going on in the sports world, even reality TV shows, as well as just your classic favorite casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action. Bet online where the game starts. Also want to give a shout out to our friends at Fetch Me. Fetch Me is started by Auburn folks. They are Auburn family, and we love our friends at Fetch Me. They can deliver a ton of different products directly to your door as they have partnerships with several, a ton of local companies throughout the Auburn, Opelika, and Lee County area. Also, they're taking advantage of Alabama's new law, which makes it now legal to deliver alcohol you can go to fetchmealcohol.com and you can have any 
uh, or I guess a ton. They're expanding their inventory. It's already pretty expansive, but they tell me they, they're going to keep expanding it, which is impressive to see. But you can check all that out at fetchmealcohol.com and have food delivered to your door, fetchmedelivery.com. Lindsey Crosby, before we jump into the uh, your thoughts on Auburn baseball moving forward, what all do you have going on right now? You got a ton of baseball-related things happening. Absolutely. So you can check out all of the writing, whether it's the recaps, whether it's the previews, the midweek stuff, auburndaily.com. Uh, my podcast, Locked on MLB Prospects, is the number one daily minor league baseball podcast. Let's go. Where you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Um, as well as the merch for some of our Auburn baseball guys at aushirts.com. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So Auburn dropped two out of the three. They had a chance going into Sunday. Um, your general big picture takeaways from this weekend. Second straight weekend that, okay. Two weeks ago on this show, I said, if you can go two and four against Tennessee and Arkansas, you'll be in a pretty good place for the last two series to host a regional. And we went two and four and we don't feel good about it because Auburn was in all six games. Yeah. And something we had not seen against Tennessee and something we hadn't seen a lot against, against Arkansas. So there's good and bad, obviously good. You took a game from each team. You were in them all late. Bad is some of the issues that came up are things that we were worried about. The bullpen, for instance. I think about that game one. Auburn has a lead, can't hold the lead. Blake Burkhalter isn't available Mm. after the hamstring strain last week. He's in uniform. He's in the bullpen throwing. He's not available to come into the game. Auburn can't hold a lead, loses game one. Um, Now, Auburn comes back, scores late, wins game two, gets good performances out of the bullpen, gets more good performances on Sunday in game three out of the bullpen but the starting pitching falters against Arkansas. Joseph Gonzalez, my guy, uh, shortest out into the season as far as starts go, gives up five runs. Auburn loses game three. So you were in it. You were in it late. You got some contributions from some guys in the bullpen you weren't expecting them from, like a John Armstrong. Yeah. I mean, you have to feel better coming out of the weekend about knowing who might be able to step up out of the bullpen. I did, think did swelling Friday impress night. you Saturday? Who? Was it swelling that, that went a little bit longer than he normally does on Saturday? Carson swelling went a little longer than he normally does. He was more efficient than he normally is. Yeah. And he was more locked down than he normally is. And he even addressed that after the game. Like he said, like, I know that we had to step up and we haven't done it in the past, myself included. But we were able to make it happen. I was impressed with Carson swelling on Saturday. I was impressed with John Armstrong. I was impressed with Chase Alsup as well. I mean, we saw guys coming up that don't normally get major innings for Auburn come up and do well. Swilling got the win on Saturday. Good for him. That's great. That's great. So looking at Joseph Gonzalez on Sunday, he was, I mean, it was probably his worst outing of the season, um, definitely in the last month or two. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you attribute that to? Was he doing something, you know, was, it, was he throwing different types of stuff than he normally does? Did Arkansas just kind of have what he was doing down pat? What do you think that was the cause of that? Okay, so if you watch the game, and the people who are, who are uh, who watched the game and were yelling up about this along with me are about to yell in their cars, the strike zone was atrocious yeah. on Sunday. It, it can charitably be described as a living, evolving document that changed throughout the game. But so... 
Gonzo couldn't really spot the slider where he wanted it. And so it kind of became evident fairly early that the slider was not a pitch he could use. And so rule that out. And then he's trying to throw the sinker and he can't keep it down. Now, I don't know if it was a deliberate adjustment because the strike zone was being cut off so abruptly down low that he said, I have to elevate it if I want to throw it for a strike or if he couldn't hit the spot and it was going up on its own. But either way, you don't have a slider. Your sinker, you can't throw the sinker where you want to. Um, He doesn't have the premium velocity. It's going to blow a guy away. His game is predicated on, I'm going to throw a ball at you, and it's going to drop in the last foot or two. You're going to hit over the top of it. You're going to hit a grounder. We're going to throw you out. And when that ball doesn't drop, it gets crushed. Right. Yeah, and props to Arkansas for getting on it early. All right, so what are you expecting from this team down the stretch? What, two more key series and then um, then it's postseason play? Yeah, so you have a you have a midweek at Troy, uh, which side note, I really hope that the two Fuller boys get to face off against one another. Um, Brooks Fuller, pitcher for Auburn, pitched on Sunday. I hope he gets to pitch on Tuesday. His brother is a starter at Troy. That'd I want fun. the two of them to face off against one another. Yeah, but you host Alabama for a three game series, May thirteenth through fifteenth, and then after a midweek where you play in Hoover at the Hoover Met versus Samford, you go to Kentucky, and then after the after Kentucky, you go to the Hoover Met to play the SEC tournament. It was very good scheduling on Auburn's part. Sure. But I expect Auburn Auburn needs to win four of these games. I'd feel a lot better if they won five. They're 13 and 10 in conference right now. We've been saying for a while um, that I thought 18 wins is the magic number to kind of lock you into yeah. um, hosting a regional. Uh, they're comfortably projected right now to be hosting a regional, but you need, like, I would feel good if you win five of these six. At the very least, you have to win four. If you win less than four, you run the risk of going on the road for a regional. Yeah. It seems like if they're on the line, I mean, their RPI is ridiculous. Their strength of schedule is ridiculous. I think if it's close, I mean, any SEC team, if they're on the line, they're probably going to give it to them. Yeah, and that's the saving grace here is you have a great RPI. Uh, Going into the weekend, you were, I think you were at fourth in RPI, right Right. behind Georgia. Um, Your strength of schedule is top 10 in the nation. And you have wins against, I believe it's seven different teams projected to make the tournament. So, I mean, like whether it's a a, a non-conference game against somebody like a UAB who's probably going to make it or it's your SEC opponents. And you have the tiebreakers over everybody around you in the SEC West, except for Arkansas. Um, obviously, you still haven't played Alabama yet, but you have the tiebreaker against A&M, you have it against LSU, um, and then when it comes to the East, you have it against all those teams over there too. So Auburn set up well. If they win four out of six, I'm not even worried about it. Okay. If you win five, hundred percent locked in. You're hosting a regional. Um, now, coaches staff doesn't want to talk about this. They very much are, we are focused on our game on Tuesday. We are focused on our games next week, I but we have to do it. We have to look ahead because I got to figure out, am I taking off of work to go to Hoover or not? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Lindsey Crosby, thank you so much, man. Once again, where can people find all of your work? I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. My show, Locked on MLB Prospects, is on Twitter at Locked on Farm, and you can get it wherever you get your podcasts and YouTube. You can find the writing at AuburnDaily.com. That is Lindsey Crosby. Once again, thank you so much for making 
Locked on Auburn, your first listen every single day. For your second listen, go check out Locked on the Movie Prospects for Lindsay or our friend Chris Gordy with Locked on SEC. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn. See ya. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.